Hey there, welcome to The League Life, episode nine. My name is Sam Shinazi, they call me Shnaz. I'm here with my good friend, Nathan Brooksy Brooks. How you doing, good sir? Good, Shnaz, very well, thanks, mate. How have you been? Not too bad, Brooksy. A uh, bit of quiet time in my world, but uh, everything's going good. Enjoyed some football on the weekend. What about yourself? Yeah, I watched some of the trials, which was pretty good. Started the whole 13-a-side season. I also got to catch the NBA All-Star Weekend. On Valentine's Day, great way to spend Valentine's Day, watching the dunk comp and three-point shootout, which was probably one of the best all-star Saturday nights that they've had in years. The dunk comp was amazing. I don't know if you saw some of the dunk shows. These two guys, Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine, went at it. There were highlights everywhere the next morning here, and I was thinking of you the whole time, and I figured you might have spent Valentine's Day that way. I was in a cafe on my phone watching... The dog go, oh, oh, like people turning around, like one eye on your girl, one eye on your phone, that kind of thing. China, yeah. You know, obviously have a nice romantic day at a cafe and they kept hearing these noises from table 16. And it was me on my iPhone watching Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine throw down some dunks and also Steph Curry and Clay Thompson were in the final of the three-point shootout. It was, it was an amazing spectacle. Uh, yes, it's been battered the last few years. There's a few of the dunk comp events have been pretty mediocre. But it just got me thinking about the NRL and going, where can we sort of tie this in? I know the Auckland Nines had the goal-kicking comp. Maybe that's something we can bring on the grand final day. I've got to say, Brooksy, I wasn't aware of that happening until I saw footage of it on the day. But yeah. why didn't they show all of that part of the event? It's, it was like they showed a few kicks of... Yeah. Of Joey and JT, you and I would have been glued to our TVs. Yeah, and it's an event like the Dunk Comp, for instance, you've got to be in your prime to be able to be in the event. Like Vince Carter, one of the very well-known dunkers of NBA history, obviously at 39 probably can't be involved, but like Daryl Halligan was involved in the goalkeeping comp. This is something that you can have quite a few people across generations go at it. Like you always go, who's the best goal kicker of all time? This is sort of an event that you could probably have and see who is the best goal kicker in recent memory. Surely it could, they could have done it so there'd be more time between games for the players, but still the fans could watch all this stuff. The viewer could watch it as well. Yeah. Do we know who won the comp? I think Daryl Halligan won it. He, they were kicking from the 10 metre line and the 30-metre line from either touch line, yeah. and then they had one from 40 metres out. I think Mal Meninga got out and had a toe poke from about 30 out. Uh-oh. It didn't go down as good as the uh, ABC interview he had when he was going for, poli- for a role in politics. Now, we urge all of our younger viewers to uh, YouTube Mal Meninga politics, and you'll know what we're talking about. Oh, great. There's a reason why the toe poke isn't around anymore, right? Yeah, that was... Accuracy level. <laughs> that was exhibit A. Now, Brooksy... As you mentioned, the NRL is back and there were numerous trials on the weekend and, and rep games. I was lucky enough to be at one, which we'll get into a bit later on. Yeah. Let's start with the Warriors and the Titans match. Warriors ran out big winners 40-18. to 18. Yeah, it was the first hit out for Isaac Luke and Manu Vatavai. Uh, obviously, the Titans had played two simultaneous trials, so they didn't field a very strong side. I did catch a bit of it on Fox. What, um, what's the purpose in that? Is it just to give every single player in the club a, a run? It always yeah, weird definitely. I think, it's a, I think it's a really good strategy. I think if there's certain combinations that you have, let's say you've got two halves combinations or a plethora of back rowers, it gives you an opportunity to see a lot of these guys. Unfortunately, I guess Neil Henry's at, at, at one venue. He can't see what's going on at the other venue. So having a game played at Alice Springs and another game in New Zealand might be a bit hard. I don't know if there's Skyping going on or whatnot, but I think there's pros and cons for doing it that way. Um, interesting stat from the game. Raymond Fatala Mariner scored a hat-trick for the Warriors, and he was the first Mariner to score a hat-trick since Craig Wise did it for the Hunter Mariners against Penrith in 1997. Brooksy, you're full of stats. I yeah. love it. Our audience loves it. Thank you for that. You mentioned Isaac Luke. Do we know how much time he, he got? He played most of the first half. He was on the sideline in the second half, just chilling with the with the substitution. So it was just more to get him out on the field, I think. It is only trial season and trial form, but you've got to say, a big win for the West Tigers, good for the confidence. They won 18-16 over the Melbourne Storm. 
Yeah, from all reports, it sounds like they've got a, they got a few things out of that trial match. Like Jordan Rankin uh, nailed a goal from the sideline at the end of the game to secure the win for the Tigers. It sounds like he might be one of the wingers and take over from Pat Richards on the wing and do obviously have the goal-kicking duties. Luke Brooks came on in the second half and, and, and played quite well from all reports. Josh Adokar parlayed his good form from the nines into the trials. He scored a double in the match. And then there was two guys from the Storm that we've been talking about. I thought I'd give a shout-out to Nelson Asofa Solomon and your boy, one of your boys, Curtis Scott. He scored, they both scored tries for the Storm in the match. Josh Adokar is a former Shark who I know quite well uh, from the NYC days. Probably the quickest player in the NRL. It sounds like the Tigers are giving him a bit of action, so they're obviously thinking pretty highly of him. Don't know if he's going to trump Kevin Naguama or David Nofaluma in that back line, but... He's one of those players that he's so quick that he brings that with him and no one else can match that. Defence is quite suspect, yeah. uh, but his attack is, is pretty good, so... It's something for Tigers fans to be excited about. I think mm. this is a problem that Jason Taylor would welcome, <laughs> yeah. having a few outside backs that that can finish. And you know the Brooks and Moses in the halves, they're, they're you know still developing. So if they've got some raw talent out in the wings, maybe they might be able to sniff out a try to and, and important tries throughout it's the good, season. Good way of describing Josh Adokar, raw talent at this stage. I imagine Craig Bellamy still would have been filthy, even though it was trial match. Losing by two points. The great competitive coach that he is. I can't wait to see some of those bobs this year. The Storm are getting, as we mentioned, the Storm are getting older. And the gap is closing. the blow-ups are going to increase. So you're going to see the graph come down for form. Yet the blow-ups increase. So yeah, it could, be, you... it could be a career-best blow-up year for Bellamy. I can't wait. Hopefully we get some cameras fixed on him. Oh, there's always a camera. <laughs> <laughs> Belcam. <laughs> Belcam, let's put it up there. We need more Belcam, please, from the producer. <laughs> Move forward to a victory to the Panthers, 24-20 over the Bulldogs. And the Bulldogs led 14-0 in this game. Obviously, there's all this talk about the halves and a bit of conjecture as to who will be starting in round one. Mm. The recruit from the Tigers, Tamari Martin, was best on ground from what I've been reading and seeing. He, had, he was involved in three of the Panthers' five tries. He scored supposedly a really good try as well, and that's another headache for Anthony Griffin to have. Like it, I, he played well in the nines too. And we've seen Gus Gould come out since then during the week and saying something equivalent to the words of, "We're not going to rush him, but we're also not going to hold him back." Yeah. So really, we're left in no better position after those comments from uh, Gus. But having said that, Brooksy, if Gus mm. is talking about that, at least in the headlines, that means that he's on the radar of playing first grade this year, you'd think. Definitely, and I think, again, like the position battles, I think this is what coaches want. They're trying to get the best out of their players because they know their position isn't guaranteed come March. So great to hear he's playing well, probably not so much for Tigers fans, but yeah, it's it's good to see the Panthers get the win. Um, and also a little a tidbit from the game, the game-winning try was scored by AFL convert Josh Hall. Now, what can you tell me about this young man? I didn't know there was an AFL convert playing rugby league this year. Mate, here, the, the, here is Stachnaz. He's 6'6 and 92 kilos. So just imagine a human head on top of two bamboo sticks that are about <laughs> six and a half feet tall. I'm, I'm picturing that right now. I didn't see any footage of the game and I haven't watched any AFL of him. I assume he is maybe the 2016 version of Paul Hoff, oh. which would be amazing if old Broncos fans a younger, probably remember a younger, fullback from back in the late 80s, early 90s. Younger audience need to Google Paul Hoff right now. Yeah. H-A-U-F-F, oh. I believe. Yeah, he, I found this as well on him. He won a bronze medal at the World Youth Championships for high jump back in 07. We're talking about what could happen on grand final day. Maybe we could get the crossbar elevate <laughs> for Josh to be able to do his high jumping. And maybe we can see who the best high jumper in the NRL is. Josh Adokar can go in that as well. <laughs> he might, there might be some players leaping over. Like, it'd be cool. Imagine just bring out the mat behind the in goal, in the in goals. Bring back David Peachy. He'd be good at that. I've got yeah. to say, when you were talking about the AFL convert, 
you were also doing this with your fingers. And for our audience listening, the goal sign, but for the AFL umpires, when you were yeah. talking, you were going AFL convert. Yeah, I wasn't describing something else, Shana. Don't worry about that. All right. <laughs> so for the Bulldogs, Moses and Bite set up two of the Dogs' second half tries. He came on and played quite well from all reports. Uh, young Michael Leisha and Brad Abbey got on the score sheet, so that's good news. They're two of the younger guys. You obviously know Leash from Sharky's days. Mm-hmm. Good to see them on the scoreboard having good games. But in bad news, I guess Will Hobbawardi picked up an injury, caught leg. Looks like he'll be right for round one, but... Yeah, if he's not, him and Brett Morris both in doubt. Yeah. Does that mean Brad Abbey comes into the picture? Yeah, I think there's a few options. I think uh, Tyrone Phillips, who had a good nines, has also been touted as being potential number one at the Dogs. So, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Will picked up quite a few injuries at Para. Uh, he hadn't really got back to his manly form in the couple of seasons he was at Para, but yeah, let's see see what happens there. He should be right back for round one, so that's good news for the dogs. So a win for Anthony Griffin in uh, his first game of the year. Now the Titans were busy, as we said on the weekend. Yep. They not only lost to the Warriors, they had a twenty all draw with Parramatta. She knows this is one of the games I watched. I watched it on the Titans website and. The ridiculous thing about it was that both teams were wearing white jerseys. And as we know, both of their colour, the team colours is blue and yellow. So they both had white jerseys with blue and yellow trimming and, and stripes. It was a nightmare to watch. Is that why it was 20 all? I don't even think that might be the score. Because there was no graphic saying what the score was. I'm guessing people would just, hey, let's just give them a draw. So... <laughs> Now, don't take us. Don't take this as the correct score. We don't actually know. We're just going off reports. It was just what there was. There was groups of guys. Like I was trying to work out who scored because I was trying to keep like a a play by play going while I was watching the video. And I'm like, yep, the team running left to right scored. <laughs> like that's how I knew. But. So imagine if you were a tired forward running running back to a scrum. And you just saw oh. a jersey that looked like yours. Yeah. And you're a bit disorientated. Yeah. The, they could have packed in the wrong way. It would be pretty funny. You, got, you might have copped a slight head knock in a tackle or something. You're like, where am I? Alice Springs. What am I doing? Well, there's 26 guys wearing the same jerseys here. <laughs> like, it could have been a bit confusing for an NRL player. The doctor could have said, how many jerseys do you see in your team? Exactly. 26. <laughs> good. Like, some of the tries were pretty good. Um, the Eels... Led twenty to four, I believe, in this match. So mm-hmm. it was a it was a good start for the Eels, but the Titans came back. It was Ignatius Pass. He was involved in a couple of the tries. There was this young guy Livaha Pulu who was involved in the last two tries for the Titans. He set one up and scored a try. And then there was a guy we were talking about from the Nines. I don't know if we did on the podcast. This Nathan Davis guy. He was out in left center. He is massive. Like he's. Probably around 6'2", 6'3", and about like a 110 kilo. He's massive. Yeah, he looks and sounds good, Brooksy. Yeah, I'm looking at the looking at the squad here. 195 centimetre, 107 kilo. Like, wow. That's that's a triple double. But <laughs> well, that's a that's a massive human. So I don't know. It, he's part of the NRL squad. He's a Parramatta junior, so he was obviously trying to perform uh, well against his old. Old club. I was going to say, I remember him from his lower grades. Yeah, so he's one to watch for the Titans. I think Titans fans could be excited by Pulu and Davis. I think that's going to be the name of the game for the Titans this year, unearthing these unknowns to play first grade and somewhat surprised. Davis may also be a goal kicker from memory. I'm not too sure. Yeah, in the lower grades. Well, that's a good that's a good thing to have, I guess, with uh, Elgiar. You know, mm. he, he might be able to uh, kick some goals on and off the field. All right, Schnaz, and then there was the other game of the weekend, or there was one of the other games of the weekend, the let's, Sharkies-Eagles. Let's call it the game of the weekend. Let's. Although I was there and it wasn't the game of the weekend. Not only were you there to watch the game, you were calling it for the Cronulla Sharks website. I was. It was a real honour and treat and dream come true. Uh, my friend... Newman and I, we have a Sharks podcast called The Shark Cast. We've been uh, loosely associated with the club throughout last year and this year, and 
yeah, we got the honour of calling the game, which was a lot of fun. We were set up in the lower AT stand, about the 30 metre line, and yeah, they looked after us really well, and we had some amazing feedback from punters from all around the world, and we've seen some stats about who listened and how many listened and that kind of thing, and it's just blown our minds, so it was a real successful day. We, we were a bit scratchy, as, I mean, you've, you've you heard half the game, and we gave it a good shot. We're not professional callers, nor do we necessarily want to be, so we did the best we could, and uh, we tried to entertain people yep. and inform them. Uh, the game was scrappy, which you expect from a trial match. Manly did really well. They probably only had three regular first graders, pretty much no superstars, and they dug in the whole game, and um, Cronulla looked good in, in fits and starts. Uh, Maloney's first touch was pretty much an intercept pass to... Uh, Goodall from, from Manly, and that was right in front of me, and that was just like a, a horror moment. I remember Josh McCrone giving an intercept pass on his first touch with the Dragons to a Raiders player of all players. <laughs> but yeah, he uh, looked all right from what I saw. Oh, he picked it up after that, and he guided them around really well, and, and his goal kicking was great, and he, he was he was fine. His tackling is a little bit of a concern, but if you put Luke Lewis next to him, and hopefully a, a centre that's... Competent, he, he'll be okay in defence as well. But that's um, been that's been a thing for, for yeah. the Roosters over the past three seasons. Yeah, he has been up the top of the missed tackles, and so I, I imagine he will be. The again. boys are probably you know well knowing that that's going to be the case. Yeah, from what I saw, I imagine that might be the case. To his credit, he goes in and tries to defend. Um, he's just not. He's not a very big guy at all. I've never really. I mean, I've seen him in the flesh before, but. Just to concentrate on him for a whole game. He's a pretty small guy. Yeah. Sam Tagatizi was outstanding. Hard to stop. Set up some tries. And Jack Bird played fullback for half the game. Yeah, I guess that's going to be a contentious position for the Sharkies come round one. Well, how do you think he went? He was pretty good. He was, I'd give him, you know, a strong 7.5 out of 10. Yeah. One error, which almost cost them a try. But he set up a try. He saved a try. And there were no fumbles or anything like that. So he, he looks like he can do the job. I don't think he should be first choice. But um, if he was there, he'd give it a good shake. I'd say that. What about Brendan Lawrence? Back after back surgery. <laughs> is he back, Shane? He is. Nice. He, is. He, he was probably the hardest worker out just, there. Wait, I'm just going to put him in my uh, super coach team. Keep going. Now, for all of our listeners who don't know this, because some of you already do, Nathan Brooks... Is the biggest Brent Lawrence fan in the world, and he's also the person that discovered him pretty much. I just picked him the year that he went from his last season of the goal. No, it was a, there was a first season at Manly. I remember going, this guy, like I was looking at some of the spreadsheets at work, and I was like, for what he did at the Titans last year, yeah. for how many times he got the ball, he if he gets a good opportunity at Manly, he's going to be a great guy. I had him. And it was a great season. Oh, you turned him on to me. I love him too. And he was really great in the weekend. A few errors. And like I said, Manly were good. And that was like, that was more than their, their B side. That was, you know, almost their C side. And you can see Trent Barrett has really instilled a great defensive mindset into their game. From what I saw from their, you know, as I said, B team at least, they're going to be contenders. Well, also in the news, I guess from Manly's perspective, is Liam Knight. And there's interest from the Roosters to sign him for 2017. Um, obviously, we'll touch on a few of their injuries later on in the podcast. But how did he go, Schnaz? Is he is he worth the the interest for the Roosters are giving well, him? I've got to say, because we were concentrating on, on so much on the day, I wasn't aware of. I mean, I saw him on the team sheet list. Yeah. Uh, but I wasn't aware of what he could do until one of my colleagues, Rob Willis. Started talking about him. He said, yeah. "Oh, some clubs chasing this guy, Liam Knight. He looks really good. He looked really good in the grand final, the Holden Cup final. Mm. Yeah, I wasn't watching him too closely, to be honest. Yeah. But I did. People were talking about him. Put that. Yeah. But yeah, really a good afternoon. There was a couple of thousand people there at least, and to all the people who listened, who listened to this podcast, and also listened to our broadcast, we we appreciate all the uh, feedback. So yeah, we great. also we we actually had some feedback on the league life. Beautiful from you uh, at Seagull Zad." Saying nice call, fellas. He really enjoyed the game, so I wanted to pass that oh, on to obviously okay. you in awesome. the next podcast. So Thank you. Thank yeah, you. it sounded pretty good. Thank you. 
Thank you very much. It picked up as a as the game went. Yeah. It was like a it was like a trial match for the players. Like there was early nerves. Yeah. There was a lot of things being said, but then you guys worked out your roles and uh, it was really good. Like it was like I said before in previous podcasts with the FFA Cup in the in the football. There were some of the young guys doing it down in Hobart and mm. down in Victoria. They were commentating and it was really good. And, and you guys gave it a good shape. So congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was probably harder work than I thought yeah. it would be, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So hopefully, I don't know, hopefully sometime we can do it again. Now on Saturday night, I was relaxing and I watched the World All-Stars defeat the Indigenous All-Stars 12 points to 8. And I have to say, I was pretty impressed with the quality of the game. And you expect that, some of the great players in our game today playing in this match. Uh, close affair. It was competitive. And coming off the Charity Shield, which we'll get to, which was a dire affair, this was good. This was really good. And I, if you get the chance to watch it on replay, I recommend it. It was good. Yeah, only 20 points. And it was, it was one of those games where you do walk away 12-8 and you go, oh, that was good. That was worth the 80 minutes. Sometimes it's not. Yeah, there were some really good performances. Like Tom Burgess was really good, I thought. Uh, Marty Tapao. He was strong. You saw the, you saw the fend on yeah. Fox Sports News. Yeah. That was far out. How could, how could the West Tigers let him go? I'm going to yeah. ask that all year. Uh, West Tigers fans are going to get the irrits with me because I'm going to keep asking that question. How could you let Martin Tapao go? I know. We mentioned prior in the podcast to Murray Martin. It's not looking good so far, but yeah, they it's faith. a very long season. They have faith, faith in who they've got. Yeah, exactly. So Tommy Burgess had 21 runs for 191 metres. He led the, the metre start and had 16 tackles. And Tapao, well, obviously he had that massive fend on Latu. He had 127 metres off 16 runs, but two errors and three penalties conceded. I think that's got to be something that Barrett's got to look at I know this is just a, a friendly as such, but it's something that he needs to sort of work out. And if he can control that, he's going to be an absolute beast for them. Oh, he's going to be a beast no matter what, Brooksy. But you're right, he needs to control that in his game. The Indigenous team looked really good too. Like, I think South fans, although they just watched the Charity Shield, they got to see GI, 155 metres, six tackle busts and two line breaks. Knight Dane Gagai had similar numbers, 117 metres, five tackle busts, two line breaks. Jamie Sow had set off both their tries. Little Sowie. Penrith, look at them go. Aren't they doing well early on in the season? Oh, look, they've got a new coach, new blood. Yeah. Sowie's probably, you know, heard about what's going on at Pepper Stadium with Tamari. And he's Who like, is it's Tamari? He, they could be the halves combination. Who knows? Uh, ben Barber was quite exceptional in his running game. Yeah, he looks really good, and again, another contentious position. Like, yeah. these guys, uh, you know, have a bit of I think I think pressure. He, I think he was starting to feel it based on his performance because he was, you know, the 2012 esque Ben Barber Ooh. in this game. It was exciting as a Sharks fan. I guess what wasn't relaxing for you was some of the stats I found on Andrew and David Fafita. For, they conceded five of the eight penalties together for the Indigenous All-Stars in that game. So they had eight penalties against them as a team. Yeah, and the Fafitas had five of them. Had five. Yeah, yeah, that's a bit of an issue. Yeah. Uh, David Fafita ran pretty good, and Andrew... Yeah. The, the games were solid, but that is a huge issue in their game, and particularly Andrew. And it is a trial match, so get it out of your system, but if history's telling us anything, it means that we could be in for another big year from Andrew Fafita as far as penalties go, which would not be pleasing for Sharks fans or New South Wales fans should he get that far. And it brings us to the final trial of the weekend, often called the Charity Shield. The South Sydney Rabbitohs defeated the St George Illawarra Dragons 18-14. to Oh, schnaz, I'd... Love to big up the first half of this game as much as I could, but it it was terrible. It was a scrappy affair. No one could hold the ball. There was opportunities. I, both teams got in within 20 minutes of the trial line on numerous occasions, but it wasn't really the defense that was doing all the talking. It was the ball handling and the decision making. Both teams really struggled there. 
But yeah, there was. I guess there was some good to come out of it for both teams. Like Cody Walker looked really good. He did. He had two line breaks. He had two really big runs. And I guess South fans were sort of thinking this could be the future five eight for them. Uh, young Zach Musgrove was good up front for them. Paul Carter, he tackled really well. He led the team in tackles with thirty one. And Damien Cook came off the bench. He looked. Re- He's so quick. He maintained his form from late last year, didn't he? And yeah. that was very noticeable. Probably for me, the most noticeable thing of the game as far as positives go. I have to say, Brooksy, and I did have my eye on your Dragons, the attacking options, and yes, you were missing a lot of star power, but the attacking options... They're just options, Dugan and Winnip, really. Like, they're the two... Well, yeah, they're two of the main focal points in attack, well, but... Let's hope they don't missed too many games because there was not much happening in attack. Yeah, I, I was a bit disappointed with the attack from the Dragons. Defensively and their go forward was very good. What, Cooper, Armour, oh, and Russell Packer had 12 <laughs> runs, 112 metres and 20 tackles. He looked good. You had no issues getting into, as you call it, the red zone. Yeah. It was when you got there, you didn't know what to do with it. Yeah, exactly. It was and very monotonous, a little bit boring. And uncreative. Yeah, Drew Hutchison really struggled. He had four errors. Uh, Benji didn't look too comfortable in the match. It is a trial match. And we were texting a little bit during the game. Yeah. And I mentioned to you that I felt sorry for the players because there is this expectation. It's broadcast on national TV. It goes under this title of the Charity Shield. So it's 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 a thing. It's an event. End of the day, it's a trial match. And... These guys are going to drop the ball and they're going to miss tackles and they're going to not have their creative flow on like they will in a few weeks, a few months. Having said that, that got me to thinking the champion teams, like your Brisbane's, your Melbourne's, the, the guys that are there every year in the, in the finals, do they trial at a higher standard, I wonder, than some of these other teams? It's hard to say, but that's where, I guess when you're giving uh, young guys a run, and obviously the All-Stars, but had taken a few of the stars away from the game. It gives an opportunity for people to step up. And, you know, we've mentioned a few of these guys already. But, yeah, it was a bit disappointing to see that the Dragons couldn't put more than 14 points on the on the Bunnies. You looked at the squads pre-game and you thought that this was going to be a Dragons win and quite comprehensively the betting suggested that. Um, money line kept moving in for the Dragons. It wasn't a, a good performance at all. And Mary came out and said that it was a bit lacklustre and they're looking to improve this weekend. Mitch Rain was pretty good, again, in terms of defence. He led the tackle count. He made. We were keeping stats for the game, Shnaz. He made 14 one-on-one tackles in that game. The next best was like five. That, that's I'm an more, interesting stat, isn't it? It is good. He's a good player. I'm more interested in his haircut. Oh... Was that a long flowing moment? Oh, yeah, it's got to go. Like, if you think Jack DeBellins is bad, like, Mitch, what are you doing? What did he have last year? Just a regular cut? What was he? Yeah, he, he, he went with the no, a number four, maybe. But this like, year, he's, he's a long sort of grown it out since, and it's, yeah, it needs to go. The crowd, Brooksy. Now, we all, everyone talks about big venues and, and smaller occasions and how bad it looks on TV and that kind of thing. And, and that's a concern for some people, not a concern for others. There was thirteen, just under thirteen and a half thousand people there, which, as you, is the lowest, out, yeah, it's the lowest ninety seven, lowest crowds ninety seven for yeah. a charity shield match. Yeah. Why are they playing it at that venue? Why isn't it in Wollongong Cogborough? Well, they've locked it in, as we mentioned before, with ANZ Stadium. It's it's quite cheap to have an event there, and what we'll touch on a bit later will suggest that. They did move it around. They had, I think, I'm pretty sure they had it in Wollongong one year. I was reading an article in the Herald from Brad Walter that suggested that the All-Star game, and like what we talked about without having Witter, Burgess and Inglis at the game, affects the charity shield. It does. Like, you want to try and bring people to the game. If you're telling them that Burgess and Inglis and Witter aren't going to be there and going to be in Brisbane, you might stay at home and watch the All-Stars game rather than go out and attend the game at Homebush. I'm wondering, and we don't have it in front of us, but I'm wondering how much it was to get in. It wouldn't have been $10. It would have been a lot more than that. Uh, getting to the venue is always an issue. And these are excuses as well, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I just cannot help but think that we need the NRL to come in and say, 
hey, that's a boutique event. Let's put it in a boutique venue. Let's give it back to the people. It's about charity. The more people there, the more awareness that happens. And I just think it's the wrong venue for it, man. Yeah, it looks as though Todd Greenberg has has discussed the possibility of moving the All-Stars game back to this weekend so that Charity Shield and the other trials will have their own, or the first trial will have their standalone week post nines. So who knows, that could change things a lot. I think it will. I think I possibly would have attended the game, obviously, if I wasn't working, if Burgess, Inglis and Widdop were there and, and two quality sides were going at it. Yeah. Um, you look at the, like I said before, the South team sheet wasn't too, too crash high. No. Uh, and I guess that is a, a pull factor. It was on TV as well. Uh, if it wasn't on TV and you had a full full side, I guess there there would be enough buzz to be able to go out there. But yeah, it's something they need to look at. It was disappointing to see that stat that it had nine, nearly twenty years. Mm-hmm. That's a charity shield wrapped up, and we've we've wrapped up the weekend's trial. We're looking forward to some more, which we'll get to shortly. Go on, yes. he lands on the top. We've been getting some feedback from people listening to the podcast. Which we appreciate. And it's been really good. And there's just one thing that keeps coming back from a lot of the guys that we work with, a few of your mates as well, a few of my mates, is your love affair with Cooper Cronk. There was a soundbite that I wanted to just play for people that didn't listen to that episode. I'm bursting at the seams to talk about my boy Cooper Cronk. And the reason why I say he's my boy is that he is my boy. He's my number one favourite player in the NRL. There's been two major things that have come out. Mm-hmm. One, is there's a bit of intrigue. They want to know a bit more about your love affair with Cooper Cronk. Mm-hmm. But also there's some concern for Cooper. Mm-hmm. Um, can, we, can we go into <laughs> a bit more about this Cooper Cronk love affair? Oh, it started probably five, six, maybe seven years ago. I noticed what a great player he was. I noticed the way he carried himself, his professionalism. In our work, and my work in particular, I watch a lot of rugby league. I watch it in slow motion from the weekend just gone. And I'm able to highlight players and watch them off the ball. And he just started fascinating me with his professionalism and the way he played the game. He was winning state of origins. He was winning premierships. He was underrated at the time, I was going to say as well. And I got on board pretty early. And ever since then, Cooper Cronk has been my number one boy in NRL. I've also, we've just got a live uh, notification. It's from HR. They just want to know, because Cooper was on the Nines coverage and could potentially be talent for the NRL season. They just want to know that there won't be anything uh, interesting happening over the course of the season. Can we uh, clarify that? There won't be any uh, hallway... um, Rendezvous. Look, if I'm in the foyer and Cooper's there, I'm probably going to go say hi. I might get the phone out for a photo, depending on how he's feeling. And I might have a bit of small talk. So there's no promises to HR. And if HR don't like that, they can come see me at my desk. They know where I sit. There's nothing wrong with you getting him a coffee and maybe a Hershey's kiss with his coffee. A Hershey's kiss? Oh, what the chocolate, like the little chocolate kisses. There's nothing wrong with you going to have a coffee down at GG's, you know, pre or post shift. Now, Cooper Cronk is in the news this week again. About and that's why I brought it up. Like, this just does not go away. It's not going to go away. Now, he's come out and said in the Courier Mail that there is no deadline on when he's going to sign the deal, which I guess it's good that he's confirming that he is thinking about his options. But he's not going to be pressured into making a decision. Mary McGregor has come out and said the Dragons are not interested. I'm keeping a keen eye on this, Schnaz, because the Dragons have been one team that have been involved in, in yes. the rumours of yes. where he could end up. Yes. I saw an article, I think actually, I think I saw a social media post from Triple M that Mary had hosed down rumours about Cooper Cronk coming to Dragons. Firstly, hosed down rumours. Wouldn't it be great to see players and coaches actually hosing down journos, like when they are such rumours? For instance, imagine if Mary's there and, for example, Josh Masood asks him a question about Cooper Crump coming to the club. Mary turns around and goes, 
oh, Dean Young or Dino, give us a hose, give it about an eight out of 10 for pressure and starts hosing down the, the journos. Wouldn't that be awesome? That's how rumours should be dealt with, Shaz. Hosing down, literally. You're always thinking, and I respect that, Brooksy. I condone this. I, I'm all for it. Hosing down of people that irritate coaches. Ridiculous question. Should be dealt with hosing. Well, let me ask you this, though. Can we reverse it as, say, season ticket holders? And when the coach makes a ridiculous move, can the, the fans hose down the coach? I don't know about that, but um, we, we'll see. Over, over the course of the season, we'll hosing. see if we can... Yeah, let's, let's see. Let us know your thoughts about hosing down rumours, uh, whether it should be done literally or just figuratively. As of Wednesday, uh, the Telegraph had on the back page that Souths weren't interested in Cronk. They're happy with Adam Reynolds. Uh, this is... I, Look, Mary said that, here's the quote from it, to put rumours to rest, Cooper Cronk hasn't, hasn't been spoken to by anyone at the club, and the talks haven't started, doesn't mean he's not coming to the club. Who knows what's going to happen later on down the track? Like, we mentioned the attack from the Dragons from the Charity Shield. If that persists throughout the season, then the interest in Cronk will increase, and that could be the same for Sounds. I think that if he's... Focused on Sydney, which we hear he is. Two contenders will come into the picture very shortly, and that will be the Sydney Roosters and the Canterbury Bulldogs. Ooh. I personally think he will stay in Melbourne. I think he's done so much at that club, and he's got such great friendships there that I, I think he's going to hang on in Melbourne for a few more years. Probably retire on a high as a one team man so we'll see where that goes for the game I'd love to see him in Melbourne I think Melbourne may struggle a little bit in terms of promotion and getting fans to the game once Smith Cronk and Slater leave and that is going to be an interesting story uh, you know after their careers they do have loyal fans though Brooks yeah well yeah they're up there in membership and that's that's what I, I'd like to see, that it continues to increase. Yeah. Even without those three guys being players at the club. But yeah, it will be interesting to see what happens with the Cooper Cronk scenario. Now, further news this week. The Roosters cannot take a trick. And they've had a pretty good run. I'm not suggesting that they're due for yeah. anything, but... They've only won the last three minor premierships. So. Clubs do struggle, and at the moment, off-season, the season hasn't started, but off-season they're struggling... Uh, Boyd Cordner and JWH, Jared William Hargraves, likely to miss the first 10 rounds through uh, because of injury. That is a massive loss if you throw in the loss of Jennings, which I had completely forgotten about, yep. and Mitchell Pearce for at least, you would think, 6 to 10 rounds. Who knows? Well, from their last game last year, they're also missing Roger Tuivasa-Shek and James Maloney. <laughs> That's six massive players that... They've lost for the start of the season, whether it be through transfers or injuries. So I'm not a fan, and even I'm feeling the loss right now. Having said that, and we've discussed this in previous previous podcasts, their number one attribute is their coach, and I still believe they'll be contenders to a degree this year. They'll be more than competitive. It's just a matter of how they make it work. But they are massive losses, JWH and Boyd Cordner from their forward pack. Yeah, interesting to note, I had a look at the, the draw for the first 10 rounds, and Bunnies fans out there, I can hear you all cheering oh, right now. Well, they've stopped booing. They're playing the Roosters twice in the first six weeks, of the se- first six rounds of the season. So, Hello, NRL, are you listening? I'm knocking at your door. Could be the first floor of the draw. To play to a team twice within six rounds in a 26-round competition is crazy. Well, any team that plays each other in that short amount of time is crazy. But to have that featured match in inverted commas, which allegedly all the NRL looks forward to, usually it's round one and round 26. That's how it's been for a while now. To have it in the first six rounds is ludicrous. Yeah, you look at the draw. This is so. This is it. Schnaz. They've got Rabbitohs at Allianz, Raiders in Canberra, Cowboys in Townsville, Eagles at Allianz, Warriors at Allianz, Rabbitohs at ANZ. So that's twice in the first six rounds. Penrith and then the Dragons at Allianz. 
Knights at the Central Coast and Titans at Seabus up on the Goldie. So it's not necessarily a hard draw, but then you look at the back end of the season, that's when it starts getting interesting for them. They've got some really tough games to finish the season. Seven of their last eight games are against top eight sides from last year, and the other game there is Penrith out of Penrith. Out of pepper. Now, you'd think they'd have so, the majority of their team back by then, but the problem may be chalking up wins early in the season. Yeah. So they need to to do that to be a fighting chance at the end of the year. Um, the halves are going to have a big bearing on how they go. We think it's going to be Nikarima, and it will definitely be Jackson Hastings. Yeah. I'm not going to count them out at all. As I said, I think they'll be competitive. I think they'll probably be in the top eight by the end of the year just because I have such faith in their coach and their and their systems. It'll, it'll be an amazing effort if they are in the top eight, I, mm. in my belief. And look, I'm not trying to rule them out. I think it's possible. But yeah, they for them to be in finals football this year after what's, what's happened in the first few months of 2016 is just, it's going to be a really good effort for Trent Robinson to do so. And a good test for his coaching. There's a new captain at Parramatta, and I've got to say, I'm giving it my personal thumbs up. Kieran Foran is going to be the team captain for 2016. Tim Manor, who's a great man, he's going to remain the club captain, a la like your Widdop and Cray situation over yep. at the Dragons. I think it's a good move. I think Foran is a leader. He's, a, he's done a lot in his time. He's done it all, pretty much, yep. in his short career so far. And he's a, a natural leader and the way he plays the game with such force, the way he does those hit-ups and those line engagements, he does not shirk responsibility. Yeah. And off the field, as far as I know, impeccable record of behaviour and, and, and manners and that kind of thing. So, <laughs> Pardon the pun. Excuse me. So I think it's a good move. Yeah, I don't think they lose much in terms of that with manner to foreign in terms of the captaincy. Obviously, manner's still going to be involved. He's such a good, he's just such a good representative of the club. It's good to see both Manor and Foreign involved. Look, I think this was inevitable and part of the Foreign deal to Parramatta that he would get the captaincy. And it was something that he was unlikely to get at Manly with current captain Jamie Lyon there and as well probably Daly Cherry Evans in line to be <coughs> the next captain. So yeah, it's good to see. And Looking at his stats as well, Schnaz, I wanted to sort of break down what he's done over the past few years and what he can possibly do with the Eels. So in 2013, he had his career best season for try assists with 23. He had 16 try assists in 19 games last year. Do you think he can, with the responsibility as being captain, can you put up similar numbers with that para backline? Yeah, definitely. I think he definitely can. I think he's going to have much more of a responsibility to lead this team not only as captain but on the field and and their team is growing in stature they won the won the nines they've got a lot of young talent and they've been a pretty disappointing team for a while now Parramatta I think that they're definitely going in the right direction and and Forum was a big recruit for them I don't think he's going to let them down he's a good player like he's he's not flashy he's not like your your DCEs or your Maloney's or those sort of players. But he's tough. He's, he's like an old 80s kind of back rower who's creative but can tackle. And, and I love the way he plays. And I think he's going to have a big year. I'm not sure how Parramatta is going to go as far as wins and losses and where they're going to finish. But he's going to be amongst it for sure. Well, they've got possibly the toughest start in NRL history. They've got the Broncos at home in round one and then the Cowboys at home in round two. Mm. So a good opportunity for para fans to get out to Pertec in the first two rounds and see some of these quality sides. When I mention the name Luke Douglas to you, what do you think? I think of durability. Workhorse. Workhorse. Definitely. I think of a workhorse. I... A horse that doesn't stop. No. He just keeps walking up that mountain even though he just... He's so tired and he's so injured, he's just going to keep going up that mountain, right? Yeah, that's definitely. That's exactly what I was thinking. Luke, but, if, if you're listening, Luke, we, we think of you more highly than that. But the reason we're talking about Luke Douglas is that he has been suspended 
for round one, yeah. For round one from a trial match from last weekend. Brooksy, give me some stats on that because they're fascinating. He's been in the league for 10 years and he's been able to play a possible 242 games. He's actually gone on the field for 239 of those games. He nearly ended his streak back in 2011. I remember well. When he had a medial ligament strain and people were like, the streak's over. He played those last six games of the season. 2009-10-11 were horrendous years on and off the field for the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks. Guys like Luke Douglas were the reason that club kept going with the heart and soul and passion they had for that club. He didn't want to let his mates down, didn't want to let the fans down. He's a great fella. He's really talented. He's one of those guys that I would definitely have at my club if I had the choice. He would never let you down. That was his last six games for the Sharks. Mm. That embodied the type of player that he has and was. He, he only left the club for... He left for more money, obviously, yep. but he left for family reasons. He's from... Yeah, he was born in Yamba, yeah. But yeah his yeah, his, his parents his yeah. parents were up, up the coast yeah. and, and his mother uh, was quite unwell and unfortunately she passed away, but no one was talking about that. Everyone was talking about... Sorry, the Cronulla fans weren't aware of that really. They just saw a guy leaving their club. Yeah. And I, it was around it, Snowden too, wasn't it? They when both, you lost both your props. Yes, yeah. so it was very topical. Um, but Luke Douglas in particular out of those two men would be very much welcome back at the club anytime. And, and when, it, when the Titans do come and play, people still give, give him a cheer and they respect Luke Douglas. Yeah, he's only missed his three games due to the Sada band that he had at the back end of 2014. Yeah. So this is disappointing. It's, I, I thought I'd bring it up. Like I said, he's... Sort of one of those unsung heroes in yep. the NRL. And it's just a shame he won't be able to line up for the Titans in round one. But from what we've seen already, we're liking some of these forwards, these props that the Titans can fill. So, I, look, it, it's an, it can, some of these props that can fill in for him. So, might not necessarily be a big loss off the field, but I thought I'd bring it up because it is sort of a talking point. with the. I'm sure Dougie can do with the rest. A workhorse always needs a rest, Brookie. He must. Brookie. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of Brookie, oh my goodness, that's a great segue. I'm happy to say, Nathan, Manly, Sea Eagles and the Ringer Council have come to an agreement. Yeah, it's great to see that the Eagles will be playing 2016 at Brookie. Paying through their teeth, mind you. Did a bit of investigatory journalism, aka look at our... Twitter account, where is my hose? Yeah, <laughs> and found a tweet from at Sea Eagles blog, one of the good manly blogs out there, get following them. Yep. From a letter with a Warringah Council letterhead, breaking down the payment. So it's going to be three an occupation fee of $375,000 annually, with no further fees or charges, le- charges levied on Manly Ring of Seagulls for the usage of Brookvale Oval for season 2016. So, having a look at it, there's nine payments of $30,000 from March to September, and then a $75,000 payment due on the 30th of September. So, like we were saying about the Charity Shield and playing it at ANZ, when the boutique venues are charging this amount of money to be played at, Mm. then I guess there's no better alternative than playing the Charity Shield at ANZ Stadium or games such as the Charity Shield at ANZ Stadium. Mm. So they're playing 10 games at Brookie this year. That's a lot and of pesos. So that's $37,500 for each game that they need to recoup through ticket sales. Are you going to buy a ticket or are you going to use your NRL pass? Oh, I, I don't know. I'll probably use my pass because it's manly. No. <laughs> Look, I, I think at the end of the day, it... It's still exorbitant amount of money for the Eagles to pay. Yeah. Uh, Manly fans have been rallying behind this situation, and and rightly so. You can't really leave Brookvale Oval. It's it's embedded into their culture since 1947. So they're playing the 70th year at Brookie. They had to play at Brookvale Oval. It's just a shame they've had to go through that. The fans have been behind them the whole way. I was worried that I would be heckling Sea Eagles fans at some ridiculous venue like the Central Coast or ANZ this year. You'd be trying to find the person to heckle. Oh, exactly. I'd have to do a 100-metre sprint to go, hey, you, (laughs) we just scored a try, and then run back. 
that was the beauty about the Brookvale Oval for away fans. Like, I used to cop it, Chinaz. The Steelers never had a good record at Brookie. No. It was a terrible away. What we mentioned in episode one, where I got food thrown at me for being an Illawarra fan back in 92. Yeah, we, urge you, to, we urge you to go back and listen to uh, all of our episodes. Hostile fans. On iTunes and SoundCloud, but also episode one will feature a story about Nathan Brooksy Brooks and food being thrown at him by a Manly fan. Yeah, so I can't wait for round 17, and I implore any Dragons fans to come join me on the hill. Of oh, you know, we're back in the Dragon Den podcast. Hey, we've we? been talking about Sharkcast 2.0 this whole time, so... It's great news for Eagles fans that they're going to be back at Brookvale. And also an interesting thing from the letter is that the team have an option for 2017, which is great. Yes. Because that enables them to be able to sort out the situation going forward, whether it be work with the council or the the new council coming in to uh, play future games there or start looking at potentially buying land to build a new stadium or using one of the existing sites, developing that. The last bit of news, Brooksy, for our friends out west. Penrith Panthers have a brilliant initiative which you brought to my attention. And for $199, you can get a brand new Panthers jersey as well as a six-game membership. I was uh, down at Shark Park on the weekend and... Yeah, how much was the jersey there? Well, they had the brand new 2016 jerseys. Yep. Forget about your member discount or that kind of thing. Yeah, how much? $180. Now, I asked someone about that, and they said that is the going rate for NRL jerseys. It's not a Sharks thing. It's an NRL-wide premium, $180. So if it's not discounted anywhere, it's not a special... 180 bucks for a new jersey, which is ridiculous. And the Panthers are giving you a jersey and a six-game membership for $199. That is what I'm hearing from you, yes. Wow, so that's that's nearly $4 a game, taking into account that a jersey costs $180. Well, hats it. off to the Panthers. Buddy, I mean, Phil Gould out there in, at Pantherland. That's, that's an amazing initiative for members to be able to go to the game, go to six games, mind you, Wear your new jersey, the 2016 Panthers jersey, and support your team. That's exactly what we need. We talked about previous clubs and their initiatives, but Penrith are starting to be there with the Bulldogs as the benchmarks in terms of fan engagement. And who do we have to thank for that? Phil Gould, a.k.a. Buddy Garrity of the West. It just keeps happening. He keeps bringing in the fans, a la Buddy from Front End I Live. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose, go Panthers. So, Schnaz, we've got a bumper weekend. All 16 NRL teams will be involved in a match. We've also got three different countries involved. Now, top three NRL clubs will be over in England contesting the World Club Challenge. Schnaz, can you run us through some of those matches? On the 19th of February, we have St. Helens versus the Sydney Roosters. It's the third time these teams have met. In 2003... The Roosters won 38 nil at Bolton. And back in 1976, the Roosters won 25 to 2 at the SCG. So the Roosters will be looking for their third victory over St. Helens. I think that'll be a good game. Um, good, it'll be good to see who the Roosters put out in that match. Obviously, we've talked about the injuries and off field situation, but it's going to be a great opportunity for some of those younger players. Like, I hope Joseph Manu, who was a standout at the Nines, gets a run. Joe Burgess, he's played St. Helens a couple of times. So he'll be one to walk out for. So yeah, it could be an interesting game for Roosters fans to find out who could be in your starting lineup come around one. On the 20th, we have Wigan v. the Broncos. And it's the fourth time these teams have met. I think they played last year, didn't they, Schnell? Yeah, the Broncos won 14-12 at uh, DW Stadium. It was a good game. They also met in 94, where Wigan won 20-14 in Brisbane. And in 92, when the Broncos were just... On fire, they won 22 to 8 over in Wigan. So I think Brisbane this year are going to have a big year as we've both featured on 
previous podcasts and it'll be a good way for them to kick off their season over in Wigan. And then the big one. Yeah, so the 21st, we have Leeds v. the Cowboys. So for the championship of the world, we'll say. Leeds are 0-2 in the Super League as we speak on Wednesday morning. Oh, they've had a terrible start. They lost 12-10 to Warrington on the opening night. And then last weekend, they got smashed by Widner's 46 uh, 56 to 12. Three of their important players got injured during that witness loss. So it looks like seven of their main squad will be unavailable for the match against the Cowboys. The Cowboys have named the exact 17 from their grand final to play this weekend. Wow. Which is an amazing, is... amazing effort. And, that's, and, and this is the thing that we've talked about with the Cowboys. They are going back this season, trying to go back to back, first time since 93. They're trying to win this competition. They're trying to do something that hasn't been done in years. Can't be done. No one can win back to back. No, there's no motivation. They won't make they, the eight. They, go, they won't make the eight, Brooks. They won't make the eight. They will make the eight, and they're going to give Leeds a hell of a game. They will make the eight. So let's see how... Look, it's going to be interesting to see how that unfolds. Closer to home. Yeah. But not quite. Up in Orange, we have the Raiders with the Knights. Yeah, this will be an interesting one. I, you know, we we talked about in the last podcast about Joseph Tappanay and how he has made the decision to sign with Canberra for 2017. I was thinking they should have some sort of like prisoner exchange sort of situation before kickoff. Like Tappanay can then go over to the Raiders, maybe the Knights, like in the schoolyard, pick someone from the Raiders side, just have a little swap, maybe a little clap, swap of jerseys. You know, it could be something interesting. Could be something we can add to the to the transfer window. Who knows? But it'll be interesting to see how they play. And supposedly, sorry to cut you off there, Shnaz was about to say something. The Knights cut off Joseph Tappanay from the team photo. Is that right? It took him. He wasn't in the team photo for 2016. So, so something's happening again. It's a watch this space sort of scenario. I was going to say, what better time of the year to do this exchange that you speak of than a trial match? Yeah, Let's trial it and see how exactly. it goes. Maybe half-half. He plays one half for the Raiders. Uh, sorry, one half for the Knights, and then goes over and plays one half for the Raiders, and half-time is the moment when he changes clubs. And that will determine who he wants to play for, I think. Yeah. Who he plays better for. <laughs> now... We also have your Nasty Dragons against the Warriors in Nelson. It seems as though both teams will be submitting fairly strong sides. One I'm looking forward to this week, Schnaz, is the Manly Seagulls, ridiculously enough, against the Ipswich Jets up at Pittwater Rugby Park. Well, so, he wasn't available? Or? <laughs> no, no, no. Too soon. No, and they've tried to make it a big event up there at Narrabeen, so it should be interesting to see what sort of a turnout goes up there to watch the game we as I mentioned before like obviously Manly aren't now just fixated with Brookie Oval I think they've got to explore other opportunities as well so you know obviously they play rugby up there and during the rugby during the NRL season so yeah it could be it could be a good day up there I've watched a few Rats games up there on the hill it'll be a lovely sunset it'll be a great evening I suggest Manly fans and rugby league fans alike get out there to see Ipswich. Ipswich were one of the really good teams to watch on grand final day. So. Sure. Uh, out west on Saturday night at Campbelltown Stadium, the West Tigers against the mighty Cronulla Southern Sharks. Now, what's interesting about this event, Brooksy, is that five grades are on. So from 12 o'clock, you can go to Campbelltown Stadium and watch five grades of rugby league, culminating in the NRL match at 7 p.m. Jesus, that's a big day. That's mm-hmm. well, that's 10 hours of league. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's good. If you've been, if you're out in the West or even in the Shire, and you haven't watched any rugby league and you want to get involved with it, what a great day to do so! Absolutely. If you can't leave the house on Saturday night, Brooksy, Penrith v Parramatta at Pepper Stadium, out west, out Buddy Garrity Land, is also being shown on Fox Sports One from seven o'clock, which is a great initiative um, for all league fans. A live trial match on national pay TV. Penrith v Parra, local derby. Jennings comes home in the wrong jersey, some would say. Another good hit out for both teams. Both teams have got a good trial form. And you'd imagine most teams this week will play close to their first grade team at some point. 
we talked about Penrith and some of the some of the young stars. It would be interesting to see if they continue that on in the in the game and also off the back of Kieran Foran's news. I don't know if he's going to be playing in the match, but it could be it could be good. I, I really like the Jennings story. Mm. You know, I think he was at Penrith when he did bag out Parramatta, mm-hmm. and so now that he's there, and now he doesn't like them anymore. Let's see how that unfolds. The hatred is, and obviously, uh, unfortunately, one of his brothers, I think Robert, is injured um, and won't be able to play. But George might be in the team, so it could be Jennings on Jennings. 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 Yeah, so let's let's see how that unfolds. It'd now, be up, great to watch. Up at the Gold Coast, we have the Titans v the Rabbitohs. Another intriguing trial match. Yeah, Gi and Burgess will be back for the Rabbitohs. They've named a fairly strong side. The Titans again. It'll be interesting to see how they go. Uh, Okay, well, I'm, I'm sort of intrigued by this Titans team. I don't look. I don't think they're going to win the comp. But as I said, I did watch the um, the trial match on their website. The highlights of that trial match on the uh, the Parramatta trial match on their website. Greg Bird came out this morning, Wednesday morning, and he said that he's happy that everyone's writing off the Titans. Yeah. And there's not the pressure that a club would normally face because no one's basically backing them in. So. Yeah. That will challenge all the players to uh, to strive forward. The yep. last game of the weekend, pretty good one. Yeah, Bulldogs v Storm out of Belmore. If you're out of Western Sydney, there's three games to attend this week. You've, obviously, we've talked about the Tiger Sharks, Penrith Para, and now Bulldog Storm. It's it's great for league fans. You know, it's some really good venues too. So again, it'll be interesting to see if the Storm play any of their or all of their big three against the Dogs. Cameron Smith looked pretty comfortable at the All-Star game. Um, Bulldogs, obviously, Hopperwadi's not going to be available, so they can test maybe a third option at fullback. Another option for fans to see some quality football. Morgan! Morgan! Kyle Felt! Kyle Felt! As the siren sounds, gives the Cowboys a chance to win it! Okay, Brooksy, we're almost done here, my friend, but it would be remiss of us not to mention how great the people on social media have been to us and they find us in various formats. Yes, so on Twitter, we're at League Life NRL. On Facebook, we've got a page, The League Life with Brooksy and Shanaz. Our episodes are on SoundCloud and also on iTunes. So you can find us on there by searching League Life NRL. But yeah, over the course of the last week or so, We've had some good feedback. We've had some good comments sent to us. Adam Ware on Facebook's posted a nice meme of Ben Cray and a pun, Beats by Cray, and Benny wearing a set of headphones like the Beats by Dre style. <laughs> and these are some of the features. I thought I'd read them out. As a Dragons fan, yes, it's, yeah, haha, very funny, but, you know, credit where credit's due. So they're noise-cancelling headphones, so you won't... <laughs> So you'll never hear them call you a cat. It doesn't come with an 80-minute battery. Hey, he's getting old. He doesn't need 80 minutes, all right? And it's available in white, very white, or sunburnt colours. Look, I... I'm what do you think of that one, Schnaz? Uh, you know I don't like the dragons. Ben Cray, <laughs> I can take or leave. He seems like a nice dude. I feel like... and. Unfortunately, this is being recorded, this statement, but I feel like he's copying it a bit too hard there. He's one of my favourite clubmen at the Dragons. And, I, you know, it's good to have a laugh at some of these things. I, there's some of the things that are posted on the internet that are amazing. And I know Weza well, and I know he sent that to me to roll me up. But so, Weza, that's actually very funny material. Thank you, Weza. And I can't please. wait to see the next manly one out on the internet. Ooh. So all of our listeners can go check out that on our Facebook page. Yeah. A couple of friends from South Carolina, mm-hmm. Brooke and Michael, have been listening to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Thanks very much. And also a gentleman on Twitter, Brap28, has been listening in Malaysia. So we're getting around the world there, Shan. It's good. It's good. And a few people like the uh, a few people have liked the previews, particularly Renee Wright. Love the Broncos preview. And the, and the bit where we mentioned that it's potentially going to be another grand final replay. Oh, I bet I bet that was a, a good talking point. And also our friend at the Rab Republic. A really good, it's a really good blog for Rabbitohs fans. He goes into quite a lot of depth in terms of not only just the Rabbitohs players and, and the squad 
and their junior play and the junior teams, but also goes into looking at their opponents week to week and also who they're coming uh, and who they're potentially coming up against in future games. So, and he has a podcast as well. Yeah, I think the Rabbit, yeah, the Rabbit Republic podcast, which okay. is on SoundCloud. So yeah, yeah give that, that a listen, Bunnies fans. Yep. And there wasn't any um, backlash from the. Uh, Commentary, which was good, Schnaz. I was thinking about when I was watching your commentary, I was thinking of when Jerry on Seinfeld got heckled by Kramer's girlfriend. And I was like, you know, thinking about you getting heckled, like on on, Twitter. I was concerned a little bit about it. But then like seeing you and Newman down at someone else's workplace heckling them when they work. Because like that, I, I couldn't stop thinking about that. It's just one of the funniest scenes in Seinfeld when Kramer's, you know, obviously his girlfriend's lost his pinky toe and he's out and he's fighting some guy on the bus. Like, it would have been amazing. Thankfully, Brooksy didn't come to that. No. We had 99% good feedback. Yeah. There was a lot of it. We yeah. spent most of the night replying to everyone. And yeah. Yes, that is an interesting scenario where Jerry does go heckle the person at work. One of my favourite scenes as well. But no, everyone's been very kind. We appreciate that. We appreciate the League Life punters getting in touch with us. It's nice to know you guys are listening. It uh, provides us further incentive to keep doing this. Not that we really need that incentive. We love each other's company. What would only make this podcast better is if Cooper Crump was here right now on the show as well. All right, that's your first warning, Shnaz. I think I see HR coming. We better get out of here. We're in the workplace. You've got a warning. Brooksy, it's been my pleasure, as always, to do this podcast with you. Thank you for joining me on this Wednesday morning. I apologise for things that the punters don't need to know about, but <laughs> a few little things going on between Brooksy and I. But we're going to be okay. We're going to get through this. We've had a good podcast. Brooksy, I hope you have a great week. Yeah, Enjoy you too, your rugby league on the weekend. And I will say, Marcus, bye for now. See you, see you later. Mm-hmm.